Blackwater, The Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, The Flying Tigers, The Swiss Guard, The White Company, The Knights Templar, The Varangian Guard, Clercus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, Guns for Hire, Soldiers of Fortune, Private Military Companies, Private Security Contractors, Dirty Deeds, done not so dirt cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They have been around for a very long time, and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. And like it or not, wars are good, very good for business. Furthermore, history tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means as greed, corruption, oppression, and tyranny than by any other means. So choose the red pill, remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life. Talking from the relatively insular and bucolic rural foothills of northwestern Washington State. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. Life as a private security contractor in a hostile or a war-torn zone, or as some call it, an austere or a non-permissive environment. Well, it is a mixed bag of blessings. Some good and some not so good. All in all though, private security contracting is much the same as life. It is what you make it. The MENA region, or the Middle East North Africa region. Lands of enchantment, lands of mystery, lands of the old ones and the ancient ones. Myths, legends, folklore, maybe. If you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy texts, then you know that it all centered around what we refer to as the MENA region. That's right, the Mediterranean. And you probably also know that to every legend or myth, there is a base of at least some truth. All right, everyone. Hey, thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life. Let's see, uh, last time I talked primarily about the uh, uh, physical fitness, okay? Um, and I didn't really take a deep dive into it. Uh, there might have been a few people that uh, disagreed or got upset or disgruntled or what have you. Um, you know, I'm not really fond of calling people out and that's not really my bag, but once in a while, sometimes it just needs to be said. Um, because let's face it, folks, for those of us that are real about things, we know that a lot of people, for a variety of reasons, just don't see things the way they really are. They see things the way they want it to be or the way they think it should be. So, <laughs> with that said, um, I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and he's going to be a guest on a video 
podcast that I'm a co-host for. I think I've mentioned this before. It's called The Veterans Angle. Um, and it can be found at Rumble. But uh, he asked me, it had to do with the Dominican Republican of Republic of all places. And, and he cited a couple uh, things that um, I th- I told him, I said, you know, I think I did know that. I do know it. I just, my brain doesn't remember that. But when he mentioned the two stats, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I do kind of remember. And what it had to do with, with was invading the Dominican Republic. Okay, so you know there's a lot of there's a lot of islands down there south of the state of Florida. And one of them is the Dominican Republic. <clears throat> and people take vacations down there. And he was talking about it and and, and then he asked me a question he says uh as best I recollect the question was pretty straightforward, it was pretty short. It was just do you think that the people of the Dominican Republic like us? <laughs> okay. And and I'm certain he wasn't asking do I think they like us personally because I've never been there? Um, long story short, we did talked about it a little bit. And, and my basic answer was, I think it's much like any country that an American goes to, okay? Or any country that you happen to go to, regardless of where you're from. Um, I think that there are countries, and lately... <laughs> Uh, and I and I don't need to go into it because I'm sure you all have your own take on it. But I think I told him I said lately I said I think for the most part most people in most countries despise or hate America. And he asked me why, and I said, well, I said just take a look at um, where we've gone in the past two to two and a half years. I said now I said prior to that, okay, and let's be honest, I'm just going to say it during the Trump era. And to some extent, prior to that, the, you know, we were either hated or we were feared, but we were also revered. And we had plenty of allies that supported a lot of stuff we did. At least they supported us officially and publicly. All right. So we were talking about that. And uh, I said, you know, I said it boils down to, I think, you know, based on our experiences. And we talked a little bit about our experiences because he's also a former contractor. Um, he's, he's, uh, he told me some interesting things about his past uh, as a child growing up that I wasn't aware of. But, uh, you know, he's, he's a first responder, retired first responder. He's also, you know, a retired uh, O'Connor's contractor. So, you know, we do have some things in common. But I said, you know, I think what it is is that do they like us or not? Okay. So I've already answered that the first part of that question. The second part of it, was I think it has to do on the individual basis. And I think anybody who's been outside the bubble, anybody who's been off the postcard tour, anybody who's been out there in the wild and has experienced things like we have knows this to be true. Okay. So um, I think it comes down to the individual. So no matter what country you're in, pick your continent. If you're in that country, certain individuals are going to like you or they're not. But they're, but some will like you. I mean, they will truly like you. Now, not always for the same reasons. Others won't. Um, you know, they may be outwardly friendly and amenable. But again, once you get off the postcard tour, you're outside the bubble, you're out there in the wild, 
um, <clears throat> things are different, especially if there are hostilities in that country or in that region, wars, proxy wars, whatever you want to call them. So we talked about that, and I said, I think that's what it boils down to. I said, I said, as a whole, on a whole, I think most countries despise America these days. I said, most, do most people in those countries hate Americans? I think it just depends on the country um, and, and their experiences and what they've been told and what they believe. Um, I said, but again, I think it comes down to the individual thing. So when you're out there, depending on your individualism, and how you are portrayed, how you are viewed, uh, the things you say, just and then just the little nuanced things that you do and say when you're talking and doing things, I think that makes a great determination as to whether they like you and eat, whether they like you or not, if they even trust you or you know if they would uh, make the determination in their mind that they will come to your rescue or your aid or help you out in your time of need. And, uh, you know, so that's pretty much how that one ended. And for the most part, I think he, he agreed with what I was saying. Um, I think because a lot of us who have been out in the wild have had same or similar circumstances or, or experiences. It just comes down to you. Now, I'm not going to go out on the fringe and start talking about the ethereal stuff that maybe somehow plays into the mix because some of you have heard me say this before. I believe everything happens for a reason. Like it or not, okay, revile it or love it, everything happens for a reason. There's a purpose. There's a plan for everything. We don't like it sometimes. We oftentimes don't understand it and probably never will, some to a lot of it, but I believe everything happens for a reason. And and uh, I'll just say it again real quick before I move on. I think for those that are listening, okay, that when good things or bad things happen, I mean, because there's some of us, and I know I'm one of them, that have sometimes after the fact, after the incident has subsided, you go, wow, you know, sometime later, a day later, a week later, a month, a year later, it's like, I can't believe I survived that. I can't believe I made it through that. I'm still alive and in one piece. What the heck? Okay. So I'm, I'm saying that I think some of us, for whatever reason, I don't want to launch into a tirade on that one, but I think that some of us are just, uh, call it our time has not yet come. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. I, won't, I don't want to go any further down the rabbit hole. That's not what this is about. But I, I just have to throw that out because I think that's, when I look at my experiences and I look back, I mean, I could wax, it wouldn't even necessarily be eloquent, <laughs> okay? But I think that it, that's just what it boils down to. Um, whatever my reason or purpose is here, that's why I'm still around. And I think a lot of us, a lot of you that are listening can identify with that, okay? So anyway, so with the physical fitness thing, you know, it, because it, it, it kind of does rear its ugly head, whether it's, it's a direct question or it's indirect question, or it's something in an article that somebody wrote, or you overhear people talking about it, or you just uh, perceive it when you're out and about, whether you're actually in the gym or not, okay? And as I've said before, um, I, I usually don't go to gyms to exercise or work out unless I'm in a position or situation where that's the only place I can work out because I don't have the exercise equipment anywhere else, and I can't find... 
enough of what I'm looking for to get a complete workout. Um, oddly enough, <clears throat> speaking of that, I, I revisited isometric exercises <laughs> uh, just the other day. And it's like, wow, I woke up the next day. It's like, man, my muscles are kind of sore in certain areas. Um, so when we're talking about the holistic approach to physical fitness, folks, there is, I mean, everything from, there's all kinds of stretching exercises you can do. Okay. But I don't, don't negate, don't forget the isometric exercises, especially when you're in, in a, in a confined space or, or an area or an environment where actually working out and exercising may not be conducive to your health. (laughs) Okay. You can still do isometric exercises. Um, and there's pretty much no shortage of them. Just, you know, again, let your mind take over and be the creative force behind that. So it seems to me that I can't recall a place that I went to in my travels where there wasn't a gym within uh, what most people consider a reasonable walking distance. Um, And once in a while, sometimes maybe it was more conducive to drive there. But as a contractor, um, most often we were on military bases. Now, there, there are projects out there, there have been, and there are now, where uh, maybe it's not the defense department as most people would recognize it, okay? But there's still usually um, some sort of physical activity center, um, even if it's small and it's not well-equipped, uh, because that's recognized as something that the troops, the guys on the ground need uh, not only to vent, blow off steam, but also to keep them in shape, keep them healthy, keep them fit. Uh, you know, let's be honest. I mean, if you're a boxer or a wrestler or an MMA dude, whatever it is, if you've got some physical aspect involved in it, you know how crucial it is to be physically fit and also to have the stamina to go with it. Because I think I've talked about this before, and, and I think most people that, that know would agree, you know, you can be cock strong. But if you can't stand the fight, it really doesn't matter, okay? So physical fitness is huge. And so I saw that pretty much everywhere I went. Now, did everybody partake in it? No. Uh, I can tell you there were ample times. I'd say somewhere between a majority of most times, probably closer to most times that I went to the gym, regardless of the time of day or day of week, when there were very few people in it or it was mostly empty. Um, the only one that comes to mind right now as I'm talking about it, where that wasn't the case was one particular gym. Um, and it was in, you know, again, one of those Quonset hut style, um, tents that, uh, probably stayed, I think it stayed, it kept its, um, construction, it's, 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 um, position by air. Uh, but you know, that's not to say there wasn't a structure, uh, inside, you know, there, there, anyway, that one gym down there in the Nazaria area in Iraq, um, was the only gym that when I think about gyms that every time I went there, it was, there were a lot of people. Now there, sometimes I went at night, you know, if I was doing a night shift or something, 
I might stop in for, you know, a quick 15 or 20 minutes. And, you know, there might be five or seven people. There might be three people. Uh, but beyond that, every time I went there, it seemed like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Uh, but that was the only one. But regardless, um, people, again, as I've said, you can make all the excuses you want for anything and everything in your life. Whatever it is you're trying or want to improve in or think about improving in, you've got to take the steps to do it. If you don't do it, it doesn't matter. So the contractor's life is, well, it, 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 it's, it's, a varied, it's a varied culture, okay? But a lot of guys I know, and the more of them I meet, the, the, the more I know this to be true. We're a very diverse group, but there's a lot of similarities. We like to learn. We want to know things. We want to know new things, okay? But we want the truth behind it, <laughs> okay? We don't want the propaganda. We don't want the gaslighting, okay? We don't want that stuff. We just want, so it's kind of like, if I ask you a question, just give me the answer. Don't dance around. Don't give me a long-winded explanation that doesn't answer the question. Don't try to sidestep it. Either give me the answer or don't, okay? So answer or decline to answer. Or, you know, if it's that much of a secret, just tell me you can't because it's a secret, you know, yada, 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 whatever. Okay. Uh, but a lot of these guys, a lot of these women, uh, mostly guys that I come in contact with, uh, but I mean, we're not, you know, a lot, and I mean a lot, college educated, at least at some point. Okay. So whether it's an associate's degree, a baccalaureate, a master's, PhD, multiple degrees okay but we like to read books of all kinds all you know stuff that expands our horizons so we like to learn um and to some extent probably at least at some point they all had uh what i used to call or what i still do call the uh, wanderlust syndrome so you know the contractor's life is you know it's not in terms of mindset, it's not dissimilar from, say, the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur, the person that has an entrepreneurial spirit where they want to get out and create and do something on their own, bootstrap it, and make it successful. And if it doesn't work out for any variety of reasons over whatever set period of time, okay, you recognize it's not working. So you either fix it and make it work or you move on to something else. Okay, That's called a realist, a pragmatist. So a lot, so not every contractor is like that. Okay. Trust me. Um, you know, and, and so as I've said before, contractors and military veterans are typically one and the same. Okay. Typically when you meet a, a private security contractor, at least from America, uh, typically they will also have been a military. They are, are not have been, but are a military veteran. Now, that's not to say that you won't run across those that were in some capacity a law enforcement officer. And once in a while, um, more so these days, you'll come across guys that and gals that either have all they've done is standard security in the United States or uh, nothing. <laughs> it was a completely different background. But the company said, hey, look, you know, part of their advertisement and marketing is, don't worry, we'll give you the instruction and the training, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, but the contractor's life, I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, I can't speak for everybody. But it is a full-fledged lifestyle. I mean, you embrace life. You love life. You chase down opportunities. But you become wise and sage at some point, And you sit there and you look at things, maybe a little askew a little bit, and say, mm, I don't know. I think I've heard and seen this one before. And the last time, it didn't work out so well. Uh, so once in a while, yeah, we'll give it another try. Uh, but, uh, certainly if we get burned a second time, chances are, we're not going to try it a third. That's, I mean, that's, you know, uh, what's that old saying? Um, fool me once shame on you fool me twice. Shame on me. All right. So, uh, that happens. So, uh, how that plays into and what that's got to do with my time or experience overseas. So for example, um, you know, I, I kind of left off uh, last season. I forget which episode. It was probably in the 20s when I was talking about my time and experiences there in the JBAT area of Afghanistan. And I, you know, just decided I wasn't going to talk about it anymore. But our physical activities there, it wasn't dissimilar from a lot of my experiences where a majority of the group of guys that I worked with didn't go to the gym. Um, and when they did, it, it it showed. Let's just put it that way. It showed. Okay, there was a very there was a small minority of guys, and I was one of them, that went to the gym with any regularity at all. Um, and again, that showed uh, not just in the physical capabilities, but also in the stamina and other things. So, but it's not just weights. It's not just ellipticals or you know. Um, all the stuff that gives you the stamina and the strength. There's also other things that you see sometimes in these gyms. It just depends on how big the gym is and how many rooms there are. But, I mean, they're in there. They're grappling. They're wrestling, throwing down, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're teaching each other uh, some form of a martial art. They're practicing it. So there's there's plenty of that going on, too. Um you got to be careful, of course, with that. You got to, everybody has to have a clear understanding of the rules. And while I don't like it, I have come to understand it and recognize it. And I embrace it as much as I don't like it. I embrace it. It's somewhere, it's not a completely full contact thing, but you've got to have contact. You've got to have contact when at some point during your instruction and training, when you're sparring, there has to be contact. There has to be a little pain. There has to be a little hurt. You got to understand so that you will understand what it's like and whether you're doing it properly or not. Okay. There's just no other way around it. Um, you can't have a complete appreciation for what, where you're at and how much more improvement you need uh, and the damage that you might inflict if you don't experience some of that pain, okay? And trust me, I've experienced plenty of my pain. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a glutton for punishment. Uh, and I don't recollect that it's ever gotten to blood. That doesn't mean that there hasn't been occasionally, typically from the nose. Um, once in a while, you know, the, the mouth, you know, a lip or something. Uh, but that's usually the extent of it. And once in a while, you might, you know, later that day or the next day go, oh, that's an interesting bruise. I didn't know I had that. <laughs> okay. So those things will happen, but that's okay. 
uh, because like everything else, you will recover from it, okay? So don't sit there and go, wow, poor me, you know, just embrace the pain. There was a fellow, I forget his name, uh, <clears throat> he was a uh, former Navy SEAL sniper. He had a TV show. He went by the nickname Mac. Um, you might remember the TV show, but he was fond of saying embrace the pain. And I remember hearing that and, and thinking about it. And long story short, after doing a lot of reading about him and, and looking a lot of stuff he was doing before he passed away, um, I thought, you know, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. If you're going, especially if you're going to be a, a first responder, so whether you're a cop, a firefighter, EMT, security, military, okay, you better learn to embrace the pain. You better learn to embrace the suck because you're going to see, hear, smell, taste, and feel things that most people never will, or at least to an extent that most people never will. And if you want to stay in it and you want to be happy, <laughs> okay, um, you better learn to embrace it and just be happy with it. That's if you don't, if you can't do that, if you think it's crazy, foolhardy, or anything else, then my recommendation is stay out of it or don't even get into it in the first place. And if you are one of those people that says or is asking themselves, uh, "Who, who, or what am I looking for?" If I want security if i want a security team or if i want a bodyguard or whatever i think <laughs> it should be an absolute no-brainer but apparently it's not <laughs> uh, i think a lot of you who have same or similar experiences would agree and those who haven't if they've had any sort of experience with people in the security realm um uh, or enough experiences can probably at least understand this. But in my opinion, and this is my experienced opinion, okay, if you want a teacher, if you want a mentor, if you want an instructor or a trainer, in my opinion, you want the person who's had some of the worst experiences you can think of, okay? You want somebody that's been outside that bubble, not just a few times. You want somebody who's been downrange, somebody who's been in remote locations, somebody who's had some scary experiences. And, and I know a lot of people these days claiming the victim cards. Oh, I've had so many terrible experiences in my neighborhood growing up. And Okay, whatever. Uh, but if you want to learn, if you really want to learn, if you really want to know, in my opinion, you need to find somebody or find some buddies who has or have been there, who have done it, who have experienced those things and, and lived through it, okay? And not just once or twice, but many times, okay? Because many times I or you or the other person may not be able to articulate specifically and exactly how we did it because sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I did it. I did, <laughs> okay? Uh, but if you think about it long enough, at least... Many times we can think of the steps that led up to the incident and the steps that were in play during that incident until it was all over, until it subsided. And so we can call that a learning curriculum. So, you know, folks, 
guys and gals take those things and they turn it into a curriculum. And so where I'm going is if you want that, whether it's fighting with objects, whether it's a stick or a club or a knife or fighting with your fists and your feet, fighting with handguns or rifles or anything else, uh, if you want to be able to learn, you know, the signs and the indicators of, uh-oh, this is trouble and how to avoid it, get away from it, okay? You need to find those people that, that have those experiences. Um, so there's a lot of, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, I have to say this because there is so much snake oil out there in this industry at all levels, up and down. From celebrity stuff to politicians to, you know, C-level or, you know, business executives. And what I'm talking about is not them necessarily, but the people that are providing the security and the protection for these people. Uh, some of these people are legit and they have earned where they're at and what they're doing. But a lot, so many have not. Okay. And that's just, you know, I've talked about this before. I'm not going to dive down that rabbit hole. But it's just, again, if you're looking for somebody to help you achieve a certain level of efficiency or proficiency, proficiency in any of those skills or those arts, whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, seek out somebody or somebodies who have been there and done it, know how to do it, and can break it down and turn it into a curriculum. And as I've said before, you know, there are those of us out there that may not charge you for this, okay? And if we do, it's probably going to be a nominal fee. I might just say, yeah, take me out to dinner, take me out to lunch, buy me a six-pack of beer. Well, I don't drink anymore, <laughs> okay? Um, doesn't mean I won't, but <laughs> again, at some point, you just never know what life has a way of turning unexpected, making unexpected turns on you. So when you're making your plans, again, you've got to have many contingencies in those plans. And it takes a lot of deep thoughts and planning. And you've got to really look at things from a whole different perspective and be willing to accept the fact that your plans may not work. But be that as it may, just Seek out those that do it. And a lot of people, their first choice is going to a dojo or someplace that has something up in the window or on a wall on a door that says, this is a martial arts studio. Again, you know, if this person truly is a black belt or beyond in that uh, skill, they probably are pretty good at it. Okay, let's just get, you know, let's just, you know, it's just like if you got golden gloves in boxing, okay, or you've been on the circuit and you made it to a certain level. Okay, you probably are pretty good at it. You may not be good at instructing and training because you haven't figured that part of it out yet. Okay, but there are other th aspects to survival than just knowing how to fight and how to shoot. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And sometimes it just comes down to doing your research. And it's more, and trust me, it is so much more. Than the initial first page of results you get on a standard Google or Bing search. Okay. And as I've said before, these days, the results, I mean, it's like really, I mean, I almost don't even use their searches. I go to other places because it's not like, you know, in the old days, I've talked about this before, there was a time when you could, 
you know, you could click 10 times, get 10 different pages with 10 different results on all pages. And it's like, wow, not so much anymore, right? Anybody that, okay, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So I guess what I'm saying, folks, <clears throat> is that physical fitness and mental fitness is, is key. Um, emotional fitness, spiritual fitness, you got to have it all. Mind, body, soul. I've had this discussion with people here again recently. You know, I think some of the most well-grounded, most well-adapted people um, are those that have that mind, body, spirit synergy where it's all come together and they're very focused and it helps. Um, so with that said, um, I'll put a wrap on this one for, for, for this episode, folks. So I want to thank you, everyone, for taking time out of your day, afternoon, or evening to listen to me talk again about private security contracting specifically overseas, but frequently here at home as well, as well as some of my other experiences as a private security contractor. And when I thank my wife, for whom I owe immeasurable gratitude, and folks, I'm sorry, I'll never stop saying that. That's just the way I feel about her, okay? Um, I, I'm a realist. I'm a real man. I understand that without her, I'm only half a man, if I'm even that, all right? So thank you to my family, my friends, and all the people, male and female, who have been and still are a part of my life. Remember, folks, it takes a team. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Stay humble, stay safe, and keep others safe by being aware, cognizant, and stay frosty. And until next time, keep it real. Oconus the Contractor's Life extends a special thank you to music composer Kava Cohen and to Colin Perry, of Ninja Tracks for allowing Oconus the Contractor's Life the use of Kava's song, Heavy Clutch, from the music soundtrack to the game Forza Motorsport 7. And also, a big thank you to Andres Rodriguez, who can be found at the Fiverr website for his excellent original music scores.